Hi there, my name is Dan. I'm one of the pastors here at HTBB, and I'm so glad that we get to be looking at the Bible together today. Being lost is a horrible feeling. One of the last times that I was lost, really lost, was June 2017, driving to the first ever SBTC retreat in Rawang. And I took a wrong turn. I, I trusted ways without question. You know, we, we've all done it. First of all, the road markings disappeared. I carried on. Then the road disappeared. I carried on. And it was only when we came to the burnt out husk of another car that I admitted that we were lost. Being physically lost is a horrible thing, but just as bad as the feeling of being lost whilst you know where you are, feeling lost in life, not knowing what we're supposed to be doing or even how to measure if we are doing the right thing. One of the ways that people have often described the feeling of this season has been lost. I feel lost. We don't know where we are or we know where we are and we know where we want to be, but we don't know how long it's going to take to get there or, or what the route will be. And that hits us at every level of our lives. And the problem is that when we feel that we are lost, we are more likely to latch on to those things that help us feel like we're in control, even when we aren't. One guy said to me, I find it much easier to win at work than to win at home. So when I'm feeling lost, I lean unhealthily into work. And it's not just work, it could be all kinds of things, entertainment, eating, exercising, things that aren't wrong, but ultimately won't help you to feel found. And in our reading today, Jesus paints a really helpful picture of what it is to feel lost and what it is to be lost, and then shows us how we can have hope in the midst of that and how he can lead us home. The reading is found in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 7. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 7. This is what it says. Now the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomed sinners and he eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And then when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Amen. In this story, we see that there are three things to remember when you feel lost. Three things that will give you hope when we feel lost. We have the sheep, the search and the shepherd. But before we get to that, it's worth pausing just to see what causes Jesus to tell this story. See, none of Jesus's teaching is ever done in a vacuum. What triggers it in this case is this wonderful picture. Now the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around to hear Jesus. You have all the people that are on the edge of society. And what's implied here is not just those who've fallen on hard times, but also those who've chosen that path. Like no one accidentally ever becomes a tax collector, even more so in, in those times where they weren't just tax collectors, but they were collaborators. I mean, people don't tend to like paying taxes at the best of times, let alone when you are paying them to an enemy to keep their occupying army armed. Like, think of those people that you just can't stand. 
when they speak in the meeting or when they're on the news. It just makes your blood boil. That's these people. And they are drawing close to Jesus. They are being welcomed into the family. And the response of the religious people and the religious leaders is to mutter. This man welcomes sinners and and he eats with them. They're offended that Jesus would welcome in people that they didn't approve of. Now, I don't know about you, but I've rarely ever muttered and complained my way into the presence of the Lord. But, But what amazes me is that it is in response to this muttering that Jesus tells this incredible story of grace. And that's such good news because that means that even our bad attitudes can be the grit around which Jesus produces a pearl of grace if we are willing. All that to say is that these are stories of grace and they're aimed at everyone. Everyone in the scene, the religious, the irreligious, those who aren't sure for those that have caused themselves to be lost and those that have just found themselves lost. This is for everyone. Whoever you are today, this is good news for you and those around you. And there are three images given in the story that give us hope that as we remember them when we feel lost, the sheep, the search, and the shepherd. So the first thing for us to remember that will give us hope when we feel lost is that we are sheep, which is to recognize that we have a need. Now, in telling this story, Jesus is saying, you are sheep. uh, We are sheep in this story. Now, that might might sound kind of nice, but actually it's a well-meaning spiritual insult. Being compared to a sheep is not a compliment. Here's how one shepherd described his sheep. A sheep is a stupid animal. It loses its direction continuously in a way that a cat or dog never does. And even when you find a lost sheep, the lost sheep rushes to and fro and will not follow you home. So that when you do find it, you must seize it, throw it to the ground and tie its fore and hind legs together. Put it on your shoulder and carry it home. This is the only way to save a lost sheep. And if you needed any proof of this, there is ample evidence on YouTube. Here is my favorite. This is a sheep that is somehow stuck down a very tiny hole. Kind man tries to pull it out, it's stuck, it's free, it's stuck again. The irony of this is that there are hundreds of sheep stuck down hole videos on YouTube and I was watching one after another laughing at how stupid these sheep were whilst I'm wittingly caught in a YouTube black hole of sheep falling down hole videos. We are sheep and in calling us this, there are two things that Jesus tells us about ourselves that seem a bit harsh but actually give us hope. The first is this, that like sheep, we need to be rescued constantly. He says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Sheep will eat grass no matter where it is, even if it puts them in danger. A few years back, Kate and I were on holiday near Kate's parents and and there was this big field nearby that was full of uh, uh, sheep. And keeping the sheep away from a highway was this stone wall that started low, but got higher and higher and grass had grown up on the wall. And this one sheep had just followed the grass, chomp, 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 got onto the wall and then just carried on eating the grass, getting higher and higher, not realizing how much danger it was until it realized 
And then instead of walking back the way it came, it just freaked out on top of this wall, looking, trying to work out whether it was going to fall onto the field or jump into the highway. We came up to it to try and help. And instead of receiving our help, it just jumped into the lane of traffic and ran across four lanes, nearly causing a pileup. Sheep will eat grass no matter where it is, even if it puts them and those around them in mortal danger, which is a picture of us. We are hungry and we try to feed our souls, but we aren't always that discerning on where we get fed or what we feed upon. When we share communion, one of the things that is said as people receive the bread is this, feed on him in your heart by faith. And these words recognize that we are all, we are all trying to feed our hearts on something. But if you're feeding your heart on anything but Jesus, then we're just sheep on a high wall by a highway. The second thing that being a sheep tells us is not only that we need rescuing constantly, but we also need rescuing thoroughly. We read, and when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. In the same way a sheep cannot save themselves, when somebody is lost, they cannot find themselves, even if they're trying. I came across this uh, a brilliant story of a woman uh, who was on vacation in Iceland who unwittingly joined a search party looking for herself. Uh, she was reported missing by her tour bus driver as they left Iceland's Elger Canyon, uh, with the driver describing her to police as about one and a half meters tall, Asian and wearing dark clothes. A Coast Guard helicopter had been deployed along with a 50 person search party, including the woman herself, as she hadn't reckon, recognized the description of herself. Around 3 a.m., many hours later, someone in the group finally figured out that the missing woman was in fact part of the search party and the search was called off, having brought a whole new meaning to the phrase, I've gone traveling to find myself. If you are lost, you cannot find yourself, even if you're trying. A child, if lost and realizes that it's lost, when it sees its parent, it will run towards its parent. But Jesus doesn't compare us to children here. He compares us to sheep. And as we heard from the shepherd's account, it will run away from you, often into more danger. It has to be tied up and carried home. A sheep can contribute nothing to its being saved. It has to be carried home. The shepherd has to do for it what it needs to have to be done for it. It doesn't follow. It doesn't run ahead. It needs to be carried. It needs to be thoroughly rescued. What Jesus is saying here is that we're, that we're lost. We're lost in our sin and we cannot cooperate in our salvation. That's why God didn't just send us a teacher. Jesus does teach, but, but he's not only a teacher. Ultimately, teaching wouldn't help me because he can't teach me to get out of my sin or inspire me to be motivated not to sin. In fact, Jesus points this out that even when we have teachers, it's not that we just can't obey them, it's that we won't obey them. Two chapters before, he says to this same group of people, he says, look, you're the ones who kill the prophets and stone those who are sent to you. We don't just need a teacher, someone who points the way back home. Because we are sheep, we need a saviour, someone who will carry us back home. And this is the good news, because it means that whenever you feel lost, you can know that Jesus isn't surprised. He knew you were lost even before you realized you were lost. He knew you were overwhelmed even before you knew you were out of your depth. In fact, he not only knows we are lost, he expects that we will get lost. 
We might be surprised when we make the same mistake again and again or say the wrong thing or rely on the same unreliable thing, but he's not surprised. He knows where we are. And admitting this, that this is what I am like, it's a great relief because, well, well firstly, it's true, but, but also because this kind of humility allows me to lead and love better. Humble people make for better leaders because they're more easily able to make space for others, their ideas and opinions, but also to make space for the Holy Spirit. Humble people make for better leaders, but also better lovers, because when you realize I am lost and by grace that I'm found, I not what I, I do, but what has been done for me, it makes it way easier for me to have grace for others. When you are lost, the first thing to remember is that I'm a sheep. We are sheep. But that in itself is not good news. No, it's good news because of what happens next. We are incredibly lost, but importantly, we are infinitely loved. How do you know that we are infinitely loved? Because of the second element of the story, the search. Jesus says this, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? I, I think two of the things I often struggle with and often find others struggle with is the question, do I matter to Jesus? And if I do, why? You know, why do I matter? And, uh, and we see both of these questions answered here. Firstly, do I matter to Jesus? The answer is yes, you matter to him. One of the things that I'd never really thought about on this story until recently was, how did, how did the shepherd know that he was missing one sheep? Like a hundred sheep, that's, that's a lot of sheep. Especially when, I mean, they don't line up all neat and tidy. This is what a flock of sheep looks like. Do, do you know how many sheep there are in this picture? Like, put it in the chat now. Like, have a guess. Guess. The answer is, I have no idea. I didn't have time to count. And even if I did, I'm dyslexic, so I couldn't guarantee the correct answer. But Jesus is saying that he does. He knows how many sheep he has. And he knows each and every one of us. On Alpha, uh, when we meet in person, we usually open with a bad joke as part of the hosting. Uh, and the purpose of the bad joke is that it means that once that has happened, the only direction the evening can go is upwards. It's all going to get better. Uh, but there's one joke that, that I tell as my bad joke, and it is a bad joke, but I'm secretly quite proud of it. And it's this. There's a shepherd and he, his sheepdog dies. Sad story. And so he needs a replacement. And so he goes uh, down to the pet shop and the pet shop owner says, I have just the dog for you, mate. Like this dog, incredible sheep dog. Not only is he great with sheep, he can do maths and he can speak. The, the shepherd is a bit dubious. So he says, okay, well, let's, let me test him out. So he takes the dog out of the shop, off to the field where his sheep are scattered to the four corners. And he, he says to the dog, show me your stuff. So the dog runs here and the dog runs there and he guides all the sheep into a line and then he gathers every single one in record speed into their pen, jumps up, shuts the gate, runs back to the shepherd and says, I am happy to report that all 100 sheep are in the pen. To which the shepherd says, that is incredible. But actually, I only have 96 sheep. To which the dog replies, I know, I rounded them up. Anyway, my point is Jesus doesn't round them up. Jesus doesn't round them up. He doesn't look at the crowd and think, oh, I've got loads of people. That's fine. No, 
He cares for the missing one. He cares for you individually. When you are lost, it matters to him. What you are going through matters to him. How you are feeling matters to him. How do we know? Because when you are lost, he goes searching. You matter to him, which is really good news. So, so we matter to Jesus. But for a lot of people, even as we struggle to accept that, we then worry about what's his motive? What, why do we matter to, to him? Is it just because he wants lots of, lots of people in his, in his flock? And I, I think often this ends up people feeling like, yes, God searches for me. Yes, God saves me. But I bet he's pretty annoyed about it, to be honest. I, I bet he's searching. I'm muttering all the way like, I had to leave my little house and trudge through the, the wilderness to find the stupid sheep. And, and what's fascinating about that is, in fact, it's the opposite to what we'd expect. We expect the sheep to be joyful at being found and the shepherd to be annoyed at having to go searching. But what we see in this story is it's the sheep that is annoyed at being found and has to be forcefully carried home and the shepherd who is joyfully putting the sheep on his shoulders and when he gets home calls all of his friends and his neighbours and says, rejoice with me. There is just so much joy. Often we read our own emotions onto God. As it's been said, we create a God of our own understanding who is not very understanding. But Jesus says, God is not like that. This is what God is like. And then this is amazing. He then claims to have an insider's view of what it's like in heaven. He says this, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. God's heart towards you is sadness when you're lost and joy when you are found. And again, this isn't when you've got it all sorted. This isn't when you've like reached Pope level spirituality or, or tried your best. He says, this is the joy in heaven when he's carried you home, when you've done nothing and he's done everything, even then he is filled with joy. You know, it's a bit like with kids. When a child starts to walk, you don't wait till it's won Olympic gold in the 100 meter sprint at the Olympics before you go, well done, you can walk. No, the moment it rolls onto its side, you cheer. The moment it pulls itself up and takes its first tentative step, you break the family WhatsApp chat group with all the footages. In the same way, all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. I think this is like just the best window into this. This is at the beginning of a, of a Chelsea football match. Uh, and one of the child mascots has been left to his own devices. So he wanders off, he's a bit bored and, uh, uh, and he's dribbling it towards the goal and nearly, 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 oh, oh, oh. And yes, go on, go on and yes, goal. And the crowd chant, sign him up sign him up. The, the part I really love about that video is it's only after the crowd cheer that the kid raises his arms. And for us, it's only when we realise that not only has Jesus done this for us, but he loved to do it for us. It brought him joy to bring us home. It brought him joy to find us that we can know the joy of his salvation, which is important, that the devil cannot steal your salvation, but he can steal the joy of your salvation. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, and knowing that as Jesus brought you home, it brought him joy is key to protecting your joy in him. When we're lost, we can have hope knowing that we are sheep and that he searches for us. And importantly, the search was successful 
because he is the good shepherd. So we have the image of the sheep, the search, and finally, the shepherd. We are lost, yet we're loved, and he has life for us. And the amazing thing is, it's not just a restored life, it's a resurrection life. This is what we read. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. This sheep started in the wilderness. It then gets lost. But when the shepherd finds it, he doesn't take it back to the wilderness. He joyfully takes it to his home. The lost sheep is not just found. He's more found than before he was lost. And what's wonderful here is that Jesus brings it back to what triggered the story in the first place. Because the word here is the word for physical house, but it's also the word used for family. He's saying that the outsiders, those who are lost, those who are causing the religious leaders to mutter, these outsiders will become insiders and it is God who will do it. Which is why ultimately this is really good news. It's not just that we are lost, nor that we are lost but loved, but it's that we're lost yet loved and he is the one who can give us life. See, a shepherd is, is totally in control of the lives of their sheep. Like they don't do any consulting with the flock. There's no feedback sessions where he asks how he can do better. Like he just shepherds them. And so an important question is, who is our shepherd? The challenge of this passage isn't, will we have a shepherd, but who will be our shepherd? So who is shepherding your soul at the moment? What are the big ideas? What are the ideologies? What are the things that are shepherding you, shepherding us? What are they? for us at this moment. One example is social media. Like Social media does an excellent job at shepherding its users towards an intended behavior. Check out the, the documentary, The Social Dilemma to see how. But the problem is that social media is a tool, but it's not ultimately for us. Its end goal is monetizing human interactions and, and shepherds us towards those ends. It is a shepherd, but it's not for us, but for itself. Who are the shepherds in your life and are they for you? Do you matter to them or do they mutter about you? When you fail, do they shame you or do they search for you? Because Jesus is the shepherd who's for you, a shepherd whose heart is towards you. How do we know? Because Jesus is the shepherd who became a lamb. The night that he died, Jesus shared a Passover meal with his friends, these tax collectors and sinners, which is celebrated uh, as uh, Passover meals always were with wine and bread and a lamb. But what you'll notice in all of the stories of Jesus' Last Supper is there is no lamb on the table. Why? Because the lamb was at the table. Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is the only shepherd you can fully trust because when push comes to shove, he goes searching for you, carries you and will lay down his life for you. He leaves his house so that you can come home. And when we receive this promise for ourselves, it becomes a challenge for us too. Jesus here is addressing the religious leaders, the, the shepherds of Israel as they were known, and he's laying the blame squarely at their feet and saying, look, you can't complain that these people don't know God because it's your job to help them to know God. You're the teachers. And that's the challenge he gives us today. As we receive this for ourselves, the challenge that comes with it is to care for one another as he has cared for us. 
A few weeks back, we got to finally celebrate one of the most delayed and contended weddings of this season, the wedding of Henrik and Stephanie, who, after overcoming lockdowns and visa applications and travel restrictions, were finally married in Germany last month. Now, Henrik and Stephanie met for the first time on Alpha. But their story didn't actually begin on Alpha. In fact, it began in a prayer room where Auntie Emily was in there in her slot for a week of 24-7 prayer and felt the Lord say to her, go outside and invite somebody at the traffic lights to church. And so humbly she obeyed and she went outside, outside lot 10. And who was standing there but Henrik? And she dragged him along to Alpha. He'd never been to HDBB before. I'm, I'm not ever sure if he did actually get to where he was uh, trying to go. But Henrik came along to Alpha. He met Jesus. He then met Stephanie. He then invited his dad along to church. He then was one of our first students at SPTC and even preached at their wedding. The Lord cares about the one. He cares about the one minding their own business, waiting at the traffic lights, not realizing that their life is about to go in a completely different direction. He cares about you. And by grace, even our experience of being lost, he can use to make us more able to help shepherd others towards him. Amen. Amen. Why don't we pray together now? If you're able to, uh, why don't you stand? And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and help these promises of Jesus go from our head to our heart. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we love you. We love what you do and the way that you do it. We ask that you would come. Come now, Holy Spirit. Fill every single person watching this now or listening to it, wherever they are, whether they feel lost or found whether they know where they are in you or aren't sure. Holy Spirit, come and fill them now and help us receive this promise for ourselves. Jesus, we thank you that whilst we were still way off, you came searching for us. Holy Spirit, help us to know that in the depths of our being. 